Welcome to the Every Nation New Jersey podcast. Every Nation is a Bible-believing, multi-ethnic, non-denominational church hoping to transform the world one life at a time. We hope you enjoy this podcast. Good morning, everybody. My name is Shino, one of the pastors at Every Nation New York City and still one of the pastors here at Every Nation New Jersey, even though I'm over there, one of the board members here as well. Just an honor and a privilege to be with you uh, this morning uh, as we get ready to get into the word. Uh, just a little bit of background. Uh, been here almost uh, almost nine years in the, 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 the New York, New Jersey area. Uh, started here in this church. Uh, for those that are new, uh, just give you a little uh, background on that. Uh, serving Pastor Adam, Pastor Dottie, uh, Kim, also uh, Jason and Marge on the team and uh, just serving and just love this church. This is uh, my home church, if you will. I was sent out probably about three years ago and uh, to go serve our sister church in New York, uh, but still just have a, a great uh, memories here. Uh, my family and I lived in Booton for uh, several years. Kids went to Morris Knowles and also Booton High School. And uh, but now they're all they're adults and we're all in the city now. And uh, so, yeah, just wanted to let those that are first timers maybe look at listening and being a part of this. Just wanted to uh, uh, give you a, a brief background on me uh, as right now I'm serving there in our church in New York, as I said, as a, one of our lead pastors uh, there. Today, if you have a Bible, I want you to turn to Matthew 26, 6 through 13. And it's a very familiar passage, uh, the woman with the alabaster jar. And there's several versions of this, but I've chosen Matthew uh, on this version uh, because I really uh, love uh, how Jesus uh, ministers and shows kindness and love uh, to a particular woman. And we'll learn a little bit about that. But uh, have you ever been around people in church or in any uh, outside of church? And they just seem to just be so uh, radical for Jesus. This is, man, they love God so much, man. You, you see them uh, doing so many things uh, outside of the uh, the four walls of the church or even in the church. And you're just like, man, you know, what 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 is that? Why do people uh, respond that way? And if there's anything you hear me say this morning is this a redemptive touch brings radical deeds. A redemptive touch brings radical deeds. Let's pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, God, I thank you uh, this morning for your goodness. Holy Spirit, we invite you in in this time. Open our hearts, open our minds, and open our hands to receive your word in Jesus' name. Here it is in Matthew 26, 60-13. While Jesus was in Bethany, the home of Simon the leper, a woman came to him with an alabaster jar of very expensive perfume, which she poured on his head, and he's reclining at the table. When the disciples saw this, they were indignant. Why this waste, they asked. This perfume could have been sold at a high price and the money given to the poor. Aware of this, Jesus said to them, why are you bothering this woman? She has done a beautiful thing to me. The poor you will always have with you, but you will not always have me. When she poured this perfume on my body, she did this in to prepare me for burial. Truly, I tell you, wherever this gospel is preached throughout the world, what she has done will also be told in memory of her. Jesus speaking. 
what I love about this story is you begin to see some things. And I want to unpack some stuff. Uh, where What is this Bethany? What is, where is Bethany? Who is Simon the leper? Uh, you look at this and you say, man, you know, uh, what's this alabaster jar? You kind of, why were the, the disciples indignant? What What's going on? And so just a little brief background about the town of Bethany. Uh, the town of Bethany was a small uh, suburb uh, outside of Jerusalem, about a two mile journey. And uh, it was famous for a couple things. Uh, one, it was known as the, uh, the, the city or the town. Uh, the name would be uh, the, the place of figs. Or it also was known for the place of misery. And you say, why misery? What was so miserable about this town? That's where a lot of sick people, a lot of the sick and shut in state, uh, people with leprosy, uh, people that had diseases, they weren't allowed in, in Jerusalem. They would put them there because uh, if you remember the Levitical law, uh, anything that was unclean uh, couldn't be uh, associated with those who were clean. And so they were put there. Also, the, uh, Bethany uh, reached to the, the tip of uh, the of uh the Mount of Olives. And if you remember, the Mount of Olives is a very uh, a famous place for Jesus. The Mount of Olives is where Jesus ascended uh, to uh, into heaven and gave the Great Commission before he left. And in Zechariah 14, 4, uh, it also says where Jesus is going to return. And also uh, another significant thing is the people who were there, uh, Mary, Martha, and this is where Lazarus was raised from the dead there in Bethany. And so Bethany was very dear to Jesus. Jesus spent a lot of time there in uh, Bethany. And so uh, Jesus is passing through and he comes to a man by the name of Simon and he says this, Simon, I have need of your home. And man, Simon didn't even hesitate to bring Jesus into his home. Why is that? Why would Simon just be so quick to let Jesus and the disciples come into his house? And this is one of my first points I want to make today is this, is that an open heart brings an open home. See, Jesus did something for Simon that no one else could do. Jesus healed Simon of leprosy. Simon was left for dead, if you will. He was an outcast. He was unclean and nobody wanted to have anything to do with him. But Jesus, the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords, the great I am, comes and visits and heals this man and makes him clean. How many of you know that would do something to your soul? How many of you know that it caused you to say, you know what? You're my Lord. You're my Savior. You're my Master. You're my King. I'll do whatever for you. And here it is in a blink of an eye. I need your home. And he opens it up. Not only was his heart open, but his home was open. And he opens his home and see redemptive touches bring radical deeds man he was redeemed from the hand of the enemy if you will he was snatched out of darkness and brought into the marvelous light and so here jesus needs something from simon and simon says you can have my house this is a an expression an expression of gratitude welcoming jesus into his home and see one thing i want to also say to you this morning is that god is after our hearts he's not after the things he's after our hearts why because if those things have our heart our homes our materialistic things uh, those things have us and so God is like, man, you can have that. I want your heart because if I got your heart, I got you. And so here it is, man. He breaks, uh, brings Jesus into his home. The Bible says this in Romans 12, 13. Share with the Lord's people who are in need and practice hospitality. 
practice hospitality. I mean, hospitality is a lost art in today's society. Not a lot of people are opening up their homes like they used to. I'm a Southern boy, and so down South, man, people will say, hey, come by the house and let's have a meal. And you know what? They actually mean it. It's not just something to say just to say it. No, they actually want you to come to their house and to spend some time getting to know one another. The breaking of bread, uh, the, 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 the praying and the encouraging of one another. They actually want to do those things. Once again, that's a lost art. And when's the last time you have brought someone into your home and being hospitable? You know, I've had stories of friends, the pastors uh, who had uh, large homes. And, you know, sometimes people are like, well, do you really need all that house or hey, or do you do you do you have to uh, need all that space? And, you know, it's not about the size of the home. It's what you're going to do with it. And so these pastors would and friends of mine would bring people in their homes and they would have these big events, fundraisers to uh, raise money for underprivileged people in their communities. And so they were utilizing those things, being hospitable. Once again, I had two athlete friends who uh, started a Bible study in their home. And it was amazing because as they opened up this Bible uh, study to their, their teammates and their wives, all of a sudden it began to grow. And it began to grow so much that these two men had to uh, eventually move this into a hotel ballroom. And as they did that, how many know, man, you open up the hotel ballroom, that means now the community can come. And this thing began to grow and grow and grow to the point now where it turned into a church. And that's how we got our church there in South Point uh, Community Church down in Jacksonville because of two men being hospitable and opening up their homes and bringing their, their wives and their children into this environment. Uh, we have people that are missionaries where missionaries can come in and rest and to recharge. You know, once again, we're talking about people who have a desire to be hospitable. The Bible says in Romans eleven thirty six, everything comes from God. Everything exists by his power and everything is intended for his glory. What glory are you bringing to God with the things that you have? What glory are you bringing to God with the things that you have? I have a friend that, that said, man, one day I'm going to buy this huge Escalade. You ever see these big SUV cars? And, you know, sometimes I'll look in there and it's like one person driving in. And I'm like, man, where's the rest of the people? You got, you know, 10 seats in there. Come on, let's, 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 let's do something with this thing. And so this guy said, I want to get one so I can just drive people to church. I want to pack it out and bring people to church. And you know what he did that? He'd just go around. People would call and say, hey, I need a ride. I need a ride. And he'd take those people and do that you know what because his heart was open because of the redemptive touch he said man God you can have it all you can have whatever anytime you call anytime you ask it's yours you can use it for your glory and you can use it for your honor and that's what Simon did Simon opened up his home because of what God did for him the redemptive touch brings radical deeds and here it is they're there minding their own business and all of a sudden here comes this woman by the name of Mary into this house. Now, the significance of this is this woman, <laughs> women at that time weren't really highly uh, sought after. They weren't uh, highly esteemed, if you will. And then here she comes into the house. And not only that, she comes in the house, but she comes to the rabbi. She comes to the teacher. Women didn't do that. You, you weren't supposed to have that fellowship or that contact with men, but she did it anyway. Why? Because Mary, if you know who Mary is, Mary was the sister of Lazarus. And see, Lazarus was dead for three days. You remember the story. 
And here Jesus comes and raises her brother from the dead. And this story about Mary, Mary personally, it says that Mary was a woman who loved much. That means that she was materialistic, that she liked some things. And all of a sudden here comes Jesus into her life and he begins to do something personally inside of her. And that radical touch brought a radical deed. She comes in with this alabaster jar of perfume and she takes it. And she begins to break this jar and pour the perfume upon, upon Jesus. Now, what's the significance of this? Man, that alabaster jar was worth money, a lot of money. Matter of fact, it was a year's worth of wages that this woman was given to Jesus that was pouring on Jesus. A year's worth. Could you imagine working an entire year and all of a sudden you just get so uh, uh, overwhelmed uh, by the goodness of God, overwhelmed by the, the blessing of God, overwhelmed by what God has done for you. And all of a sudden you just take everything that's in your bank account and you say, God, you can have it because you've been so good to me. That's what she did. That's what she did. She broke this thing. And all of a sudden, it says that the disciples became indignant, angry, mad, furious. Why would these men be mad about what this woman is doing to Jesus? They're mad because during the time of this festival that was taking place. During this time, what they would do is you remember in the verse, it said that they uh, the festival was taking place. And it says that uh, um they were upset because they wanted her to give something like this to the poor. See, in this time of this festival, what they would do is, is the elite Jews, the, 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 the wealthy Jews, what they would do is they would take gifts and they would go and give to the poor alms. They would bless. And that was just a tradition that they had during this time. But Jesus got upset at them and he rebuked them because they became indignant. And so my second point is this is no shame. This woman had no shame. When's the last time that you haven't had any shame? When's the last time that you didn't worry who was to the left or to the right or in front or behind you? Who, when's the last time you said, Jesus, because of what you've done for me, I'm going to give you my all. When's the last time you had no shame? This Bible says this in Psalms 107, 1 through 3. Give thanks to the Lord for he is good. His love endures forever. And verse 2 says, let the redeemed of the Lord say so. Tell their story. Those who redeem from the hand of the enemy. Those he's gathered from the lands, from the east and from the west and from the north and from the south. Oh, give thanks unto the Lord for he is good. Let the redeemed. The redeemed. It wasn't just you moving around doing your own thing. No, God redeemed you. He stuck you, snatched you out of darkness and brought you into his marvelous light. He redeemed you from the hand of the enemy and brought you in to be a son or a daughter for him. He did something. Oh, give thanks. There's nothing like giving the Lord just not just verbal praise, but let's do something physical now. And this is what this woman is doing. And you know what? The Bible says to seek the Lord while he is near. Seek him while he is near. He ain't always going to be there. Just like he told the disciples, look, the poor you're always going to have. But me, I'm not going to be here all the time. Seek the Lord while he's near. So when things are happening around you, things are breaking out, all of a sudden, man, you better get in. You better say, you know what? I need to get over there and be, spend some time with the Lord. I need to get around God. You need to be around the people of God. You know, do some things because you know what? He's near. Seek the Lord while he's near. And so here she is. She drew near. And the Bible says in James chapter four, uh, verse 16, if you draw James chapter four, verse six, excuse me. If you draw near to him, he'll draw near to you. 
The Bible also says in Psalms 103, verse 2, let all that I am praise the Lord. May I never forget the good things he's done for me. Let me never forget. We are so quick in society to forget what God has done. We get fearful. We get angry. We get mad because, man, this didn't happen in the way I wanted to. This isn't going the way I wanted to go. You know, she left me. He left me. Uh, you know, I lost my job. I did this and all that. But, you know, some of the things that gets me out of that funk, that gets me out of that low state of mind is remembering what the Lord my God has done for me. And if I go back there and I begin to meditate and think about, man, where I was and what I used to do and what I used to be and how far he's brought me, man, the praises of God begin to break out. And so, man, people are, are there's no shame. I have no shame. I'm not worried about what people say. You ever see somebody in church uh, that is lifting up hand? You ever see somebody in church that is weeping and crying? You may be driving past somebody in the car and they got praise music on and they're getting it. They're just praising God and they, they're not worried about who sees them or whatever. You know, I never look down. Or I never judge a man or a woman when I see them praising and I see them on their knees and I see them lifting up holy. I don't do that. You know why? Because I don't know what they've gone through and I don't know what God has brought them through. And, you know, during this time right here, three people were watching. You got Simon watching Mary. Three people watching. You got Simon watching Mary. Simon is looking at Mary and he's like, you know what, sister, I can identify with you because I know where I used to be. And I know what I was going through. And God did the same thing that he's that he's doing for you. He's doing for me as well. And so, yes, I get it. Yeah. Go ahead and give him your best. Go ahead and bless him. Go ahead and praise him. Go ahead and do whatever it takes to let him know that you're all in for him and that you're sold out for him. I can identify. Can you identify with people in the room? Can you identify with people on the screen? Can you identify with people when this time uh, praises are breaking out, when they're going through those trials and tribulations and they begin to lift up holy hands? There's nothing wrong with praising God. There was another person that was watching. And it says in another chapter, another verse, uh, another uh, gospel, it says that Simon was watching. He was the one that became indignant. Why? Why? If you also realize a couple verses later, the next chapter over, Simon, after this moment, is the one who goes and sells Jesus out for those coins. Sometimes our praise and sometimes our thanksgiving and sometimes our radical deed can be offensive to others. Because, man, what God has done for us. And don't ever, ever let somebody shut your praise up because of what God has done for you. And lastly, the person that was watching was Jesus. Why? What was Jesus? Jesus turned to the disciples and it says that he rebuked them sharply. Why did he rebuke them? He rebuked them because of what this woman is doing for him. See, they didn't get it yet. Isn't it amazing how we can go to church? We can get on prayer calls. Isn't it amazing how we can be in our connect groups or our Bible studies or small groups? Isn't it amazing that we can even be given to God? Isn't it amazing how we can do all these things and still not get a fresh revelation of who he is? This woman got it. This woman got who Jesus was. How do we know? It because it says this. Jesus said, leave this woman alone because of what she's doing for me. She's preparing me for my burial. She, she got it. The disciples had been walking with Jesus for a long time and still wasn't resonating who he is. See, in their context, in their culture, when anybody, a king would die, they would take 
an alabaster jar. They would take the finest perfumes or oil and they would pour them on the head or the body of that dead person, that king, as a sign of, of royalty. And they would bury them and they would have those spices and believing that when they were raised or for the next life, that they would come out smelling fresh and, and that fragranty. And she said she she got it. This ain't just a rabbi. This ain't just the teacher. This is the king of kings. He is the Lord of lords. He is the God of gods. He is the great I am. This is the Messiah. Man, I must give him my best because of who he is, not because of what he does. He is the Christ. And Jesus says, man, because of what she is doing for me, this story will be told through generations to come. My last point is this. That redemptive touch brought a radical deed, but she got it. She understood that, man, he is the master. He is the Christ. He is the one. And my last point is this, is let God all the way in and let the stories begin. Let them all the way in. Let them all the way in. See, Simon led him all the way in, not just the physical. Hey, Jesus, you're a good teacher, good rabbi. You stay outside of my house and never come in. No, you are welcome. It's all yours. You can come in my home, man. Kick your feet up. It said this, that Jesus was reclining at the table. The reclining was a sign of a saved man, that Jesus is a, a freed man. Excuse me, that he, he's, a, he's a, a freed person. And so he's not just in his house hanging out. No, he's reclining. He's comfortable. When's the last time you've opened up your life, opened up your home, open up your wallets, open up your purses and said, man, Jesus, you are welcome. He's brought them all the way in, all the way in. Bring Jesus all the way in and let the stories begin. Jesus said that this story is going to be told. Man, this thing is not going to stop. We're 2000 years later plus years and we're still talking about this woman with the alabaster jar and what she did for Jesus. Man, she got a revelation of who he was and what he did and now the story's been told. The Bible says this in Revelations 12, 11, and they overcame him by the blood of the lamb and by the word of their testimony and they loved not their lives unto death. Th th there's some radical people in this place and there's some radical things that need to be done and so we need to begin to open up our hearts and we need to begin to open up our homes and we need to let the stories begin not just hear stories but we need to create stories when's the last time that you've been a part of a story of God using you to do something significant in your community uh, in the church uh, at work you know we need God to uh, to to to, to uh, let up him all the way in if there's anything I want to say to us this morning is this is that a radical touch brings radical deeds. Simon was radical. Mary is radical. Can you and I today be radical people for the Lord and let them all the way in? There's a story I want to end with today. It's about a man that had a big home, a wealthy man. And, uh, he wanted to bring Jesus home with him. And so he did. And so he grabs Jesus and he says, hey, Jesus, I want you to come live inside of my house. Could you imagine, man, if Jesus was walking around on the street and you all of a sudden saw Jesus? Hey, Jesus, come live with me. And so he walks Jesus into this house and it's a beautiful house, magnificent home and says that he takes Jesus in and walks him upstairs. And he says, Jesus, this right here 
is going to be the this is the best room in the house and, and it's all yours man jesus has got the led screen man he's got the jacuzzi tub got a sauna in there man he's just got it all he says all right and so he lets, takes jesus in there and he shuts the door but that night he falls asleep and all of a sudden he goes to the door somebody's knocking on his door goes to the door opens it up and there's these demons and all of a sudden, these demons are trying to get in the house and he's fighting off these demons. He's fighting them off. He's fighting them off and he's, he's exhausted. And all of a sudden, he, he fights them off and then he shuts the door and he gets them out. And all of a sudden, he, he crashes out on his couch and he's tired. And he's like, man, what was that all about? Gets up the next day, goes to work, comes home, falls asleep again. This time he's in his bedroom. All of a sudden, there's a knock at the door. He goes downstairs, same thing happens, opens the door, man, these demons are trying to get in, man, they're coming after him, and they're trying to get in his house, and he doesn't understand what's going on, finally, he kicks him out, shuts the door, and he crashes on the floor, and he begins to weep and to cry, and now he's angry, and he's like, man, I let Jesus in my house, and these demons are trying to get in and destroy me and he's not doing anything. And so he gets mad and he goes and starts stomping up the steps and he runs up to the door. and He's knocking on the door and he opens the door. Jesus opens the door and he goes in and he starts yelling at Jesus, telling him what he didn't do. And he says, Jesus responds to him. He says, my precious child, Jesus spoke softly. I do love and I care for you. I protect all you have released into my care. But when you invited me to come here and stay, you brought me to this lovely room and you shut the door to the rest of the house. I am the Lord of this room, but I'm not the master of this house. I have protected this room and no demon may enter here. Ouch. I'm the Lord of this room, but I'm not the Lord of the house. When are you and I going to let Jesus be the Lord of the house? When are you and I going to be like Mary and say, I'm all in. You can have what you want. Alabaster bar, a year's worth of salary. When are you going to be like Simon, man, come into my home and, and rest Jesus. And not only that, bring people in so they can rest and hear you as well. When are we going to be those people that are all in for the Lord? When are we going to be those people who have a radical touch from God and produce radical deeds where we say, man, I'm sold out to you, Jesus. I'm willing to do whatever you want me to do, Jesus. I'm all in. As we close out this year of 2023, I want to challenge you as we come into 2024. If there's anything that you've held back, if there's anything that you said, man, Lord, uh, no, Lord, which is an oxymoron, by the way. If there's any way that you can go back and say, you know what? I'm all in. You can have what's in my bank account. You can have my wife. You can have my children. You can have my husband. You can have the job. You can have it all because of what you've done for me. And not just because of what you've done for me, but because of who you are. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because of who you are. I'm all in. And so let that be your prayer. Let that be your heart's cry. Let that be your desire in this hour because of what the radicalness, that radical touch, uh, that redemptive touch brings a radical deed, that redemptive touch. Because of what he did, man, I got to go ahead and go and be all in for him. You can do what you want, Jesus. Let that be who we're called to be in 2024. My prayer is that you have a blessed holiday. My prayer is that you'd have a great end of the year.
But man, let's do some soul searching. Let's take inventory and say, man, am I really all in for the Lord like a Mary? Am I really all in for the Lord like a Simon? Or am I kind of like a, a Judas in a sense where I get indignant and I forget what he's done and who he is? Sometimes I push him away. Let's not be that. Let's be the other way. Father, in these brief moments, Lord, I thank you for what you've done. Lord, I thank you for what you've done. Thank you for that open heart. I thank you for that open mind. I thank you, Lord, for open hands. God, we're all in. If you're on the other side of that screen and you just say, Pastor, there's been moments where I've held back. I've, I've been ashamed. I've, I've, I've been afraid of, of letting people in my home getting close to me because I don't want them to see that I'm a Christian. Uh, or you are afraid to tell your story. You're afraid to, to be all in for Jesus. I just want you to ask the Lord to forgive you for not being all in. To say, God, I'm sorry. That's not who I want to be and that's not who I am. I want to be all in for you. Maybe you're out there on the screen and you've gotten comfortable, gotten complacent, gotten familiar with God. And you know what? It doesn't take all that to praise him. You know, I can just kind of coast and do my thing. No, 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 no. I'm all in. I, I want a fresh vision. I want fresh faith. I don't want to be like the disciples just hanging around Jesus and along for the ride. But I want to continue to look and remember who he is. He is the Messiah. He is the Christ. He is the son of God. He is the Lord of the universe. And I'm all in. I'm all his. Yes, Lord. Thank you today. God, I also pray for those that don't know you. I'm asking. Maybe you're out there and you say, Pastor, I don't know the Lord, but I want to serve him. Uh, this Jesus whom you're talking about, man, I, I've, I'm feeling something as you're speaking uh, to me this morning. I, I pray that you just say this, just say, Father, in the name of Jesus, uh, I, I thank you uh, for calling me to be uh, on the screen at this time, to watch this at this time. I pray that, that, Lord, you would do something in me. Make me new. I believe, I believe that you, Jesus, are the son of God. I believe that God raised you from the dead. I believe that if I confess with my mouth and I believe with my heart that, that God raised you from the dead, I'll be saved. And I believe all that. And I'm asking you right now, Jesus, to come live inside of my heart. Come be the king and the master and the Lord of my life. Turning from sin and I'm putting my trust in you today. Believe that because of what I just prayed, I'm a saved man and saved woman now in jesus name amen you guys have a blessed day if you prayed that prayer uh please uh, reach out to pastor adam to pastor Dottie, to kim or any of the team here at every nation new jersey and let them know that man i'm not just want to be a on the screen but i want to get to church and to be a part of the things of god so look just bless you today have a great great rest of the day great rest of the weekend and most of all, have a great holiday season. Bless you. Amen. Amen. Well, listen, every nation, man, the, the sermon's over with, but we're not quite finished this morning. I just also would love to remind you that you can be faithful uh, uh, with your tithing and your giving. We, we remember that Jesus isn't just uh, Lord of our life, but he's also Lord uh, of, our, of our finances. And, and so we believe in a tithe. A tithe simply means that a tenth of everything that comes in, we give back uh, to the Lord Jesus Christ. And so there's three ways you can give. Uh, you can go to our website, encnj.org, and just hit the giving icon. Uh, 
uh, or you can give uh, via text. If you just text the letters ENCNJ to the number 77977, it's a very convenient way to give. Uh, or uh, you can just mail in your check or money order right here to our church offices at 101 Gibraltar Drive, right here in Morris Plains, New Jersey. And may God richly, richly bless you as you're faithful in your tithing and your giving. Listen, every nation, New Jersey, Jesus loves you. And I think you're pretty great too. Have an amazing week. Thanks for listening to the Every Nation, New Jersey podcast. For more information on our church, or if you'd like to give a financial gift, just go to our website, emcnj.org.